Welcome to the Brinkman Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the audio drama The Brinkman Adventures. This is episode 23, and I'm your host, Eric Schilder. And I'm Sarah Boltman. And we are happy to be with you again today. Yes, we are. And let's just pick up right where we left off in our last podcast. We were talking with uh, Eli and Bethany Fader, mm-hmm. who were missionaries or are missionaries to South Sudan, which we learned last time is its own separate country, yes. which was very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the episodes that we're talking about in question are, uh, the name of it is Unity Bridge. It's a two-parter from season one, episode uh, 10 and 11. And uh, we're going to go ahead and roll a clip from that. Uh, this is uh, dealing with building the bridge. Now what? Hey, guys, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Well, why don't we build a fire on the rock again? We already did that. Yeah. yeah, but this time we'll make it huge and... Oh, and I can pour all my old cooking oil on it and the kids can collect <laughs> sticks and, you know, it, it'll be this this big, huge bonfire. Okay. Well, and when it cools, you guys can try hitting it again. I suppose. Wow, it's huge! Yeah, you can't get close to it. Sort of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can we make marshmallows? Does anybody know a campfire song? Well, every year at family camp, we sing this one song. Oh, yeah, yeah. My God is so mighty. Kate, that's perfect. Everyone yells the word big and waits for it to echo back. Let's try it. We'll see if it will echo back from across the river. Okay, ready? (laughs) My God is so big! So we stayed up late, singing into the night. This morning, after breakfast, we couldn't wait. We left our food half-eaten and all ran back down to the rock. The coals were still smoking. Dad and Mr. Fader picked up their trusty old sledgehammers, and we all held our breath. It cracked here, too. I think we're witnessing a miracle. Praise Jesus. Praise you, Lord. It's amazing. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Jack. So the rock broke. The rock was breaking. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing, amazing miracle with a rock. So this episode starts off midway through the story of the Unity Bridge. That's kind of where we jump in. When When the Brinkman family all goes to Sudan... And attempts to build this bridge that Susan Brinkman is spearheading. Now, in reality, Susan Brinkman didn't spearhead this. Somebody else did in Sudan. But there was an actual bridge built with Eli and Bethany Fader. And um, they are here with us, joining us again. Welcome, Eli and Bethany. Thank you. Thank you. We're so glad to have you with us again. Thanks for being here. Our pleasure. So in that clip, we heard this amazing thing happen with The Rock. Tell us. Um, how did that go down? Can you tell us a little bit more detail about that story, um, finding a spot to build a bridge and, and kind of how how God intervened in that? Sure. So, yeah, a spot was chosen to build a bridge. It had to be a very specific area. And we began building, but then we had to sink these anchors uh, that these cables were going to be tied to. So we started digging down into the ground and we found a granite boulder. Uh, that needed to be removed. How big was the boulder? Oh, um, think semi-truck. 
it was big. It was very, very big. But we, we just need to cut a gap in it where we could sink an anchor. And we tried everything. There's no uh, construction tools over there. So everything we tried was by hand and nothing was working. I talked to missionaries. I talked to anybody I could that had worked in bush settings, find out how can we break this rock? Hmm. Um, and hmm. so one guy said, well, soak it in diesel and then get as many sticks as you can, like logs, lay it on top and burn it. And just by heating that rock up, hopefully you can crack it. And so we did that maybe four or five times where we would crack this rock, but all we would get is just a surface layer of about an inch. Hmm. And we were trying to go down feet. I mean, a, a long way. <laughs> and so it wasn't working. It just was not working. It was very, very discouraging. So what happened? What moved you forward in the process? Well, um, we had a friend, a, a colleague, another missionary who was actually Nigerian. The church in Nigeria sent him and his family as missionaries to hmm. Sudan. And so we were working together. Cool. And, you know, one day I came up just totally discouraged from working on the bridge. And he said, Eli, what, what's going on? So I told him and he said, well, have you prayed about it? Hmm. And more important, have you prayed on the rock? And I just kind of looked at Stephen and I said, Stephen, Americans don't pray about rocks. We, <laughs> we don't do that. We get dynamite. That's our solution. <laughs> Stephen was like, no, no, Eli, you don't understand. So he said, you know, we gathered everyone, gathered all the missionaries and went down, laid hands on this rock and prayed and just said, Lord, break this stone. And uh, after that, we lit one more fire. We soaked it in. We'd done this so many times before, mm. but we did it again. And this time when we... You know, the ashes finally cool down so that you can go down and see, did it break or not? And when we got to it, it had broken in the dimensions exactly what we needed to sink this anchor. Total God story. Total God. It's amazing. That's a great story. One of the things talking to missionaries all the time is that we hear lots of great God stories and always wonderful to hear. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned earlier on, um, in, in our last podcast about how you took, you loaded up a, a donkey and you kind of went to the South. What are the unique challenges in South Sudan to the gospel message? So we have the opportunity to work with Muslims and to share the gospel with Muslims um, who are often told never to touch a Bible or never to talk to a Christian um, just because we're infidels, we don't have the truth. In fact, we're twisters of truth, they're told. Um, but we get the opportunity uh, to sit down with them. And how we do it is we say, you've been told that the word of God, what, what we have in our hands, is twisted. Can we just sit down and read it together? And any place that you, you see that is twisted, you tell me and just show me. You, the Muslim, show me, the Christian, where it's twisted. And so we do this. We start in Genesis, and we read, and we read, and we read. And it doesn't take long before the Muslim is telling me, this is the truth. This is amazing. God loves us. <laughs> it's it's uh, mind-blowing to see this happen. And people who are very against Christianity at the beginning— once they read God's word, 
and get to really get into it, they see that it's truth and they know it and they want to follow God. So that's just one example of how we reach out. And it's very exciting. Wow, that is so exciting. Now, I know in some countries, families will disown family members if they convert. How does that happen there? And is that an issue with the people that you're working with? Yeah, so people who are open enough to sit down with us and read scripture together, Mm -hmm. these are open people. Mm -hmm. However, there are a lot of people who won't do that, who are very closed. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they find out that someone has become a believer, uh, yeah, we've had men who are betrothed, um, engaged to be married, and the family will come and take the woman away and say, sorry, you're a Christian now. We can't give our daughter to you. Or um, we had a small church, um, and the believers decided to build a church building, and uh, the surrounding community came and tore it down and said, we don't want you here. Um, we've had yeah, people chased out of their homes. So really, persecution is real. People following Jesus has a significant cost, especially if people are coming out of Islam. Wow. Yeah, it's it's something that we don't feel here in the States. I mean, we feel it a little bit. You know, if we're outspoken, we feel maybe a bit of uh, shunning or confusion or don't want to hear that. But we don't feel what it would be like for our family to disown us or the person we're going to be married to suddenly gone. So when you talk to those people, what do they say, If especially if they're just new believers? Um, I would just, I would love to talk with them. And you guys have spoken to many, I'm sure. Can you get us into their heart a little bit? What keeps them with Jesus and with the gospel? I'm clearly thinking, remembering a Sunday in our little church. And when I talk church, like they built a little shanty with some poles and a tarp, you know, so we're not out in the sun, basically. But I remember one Sunday, a young boy, probably about 16 or 18, somewhere around there, he had become a believer in the recent months. And he stood up and asked for prayer and shared how his family was mistreating him and rejecting him because he had become a Christian. And, and so one of the other you know, believers in the church said, well, why don't we pray for you? And then basically made an invitation, an invitation, you know, if there's anyone else here who is facing a similar thing, come up here, we want to pray for you. And then the rest of us kind of made a circle around them and laid hands on them and prayed for them in the midst of their persecution. And you guys, it's just one of those moments you can't explain. Like, it's not like the problem was solved mm-hmm. or we were giving advice, but we were giving it to God and saying, Lord, help us. You know, even the young man who shared it, like he shared it as a prayer request. Mm-hmm. He wasn't necessarily complaining or asking for us to do anything. He mm-hmm. was just saying, please pray for me because this is hard. And so to have such an amazing, spontaneous moment in the middle of our church service of prayer for these new Christians who were really counting the cost was so powerful. And when you go back, uh, you know, the times that you've gone back, do you still have that same group of believers or are you moving around to different places or? We've talked a little bit about the insecurity of Sudan and South Sudan and where the bridge was built. We had to leave there in 2010 And then we were in another location and we were evacuated out of there in 2015. 
And then we were in another location and evacuated out of there in 2016. So unfortunately, we don't often get to go back to these people that we're talking about. The amazing thing is, like, for example, the place we were in most recently was a large refugee camp, had refugees from other parts of South Sudan, tribes that had to flee where fighting was. And I can't tell you how many times we'd be in the market or at church or something, and we would run into someone from Yabus, you know, mm. that we hadn't seen in yeah. years. Yeah. Wow. And they would remember us and we would hug. And, you know, it was so we, we have we have run into many people from, you know, years, years past. And I think another beautiful thing is that, you know, they have called us refugees as well. They have looked Mm -hmm. at us and said, you have lost your home, you have lost everything you own, and you have had to run. Mm -hmm. And you are like us. And, you know, not that that makes the evacuations and the moves easier, but it is a wonderful thing to have that, you know, to be able to identify with them in a way and um, and for them to kind of accept us in that way to say, you are like us, you know, that's something we always want to hear. <laughs> wow. so, so you have to start over each time? Yeah, we've lost our entire household two times. My goodness. Huh. That's, that has been, I'm sure, such a struggle to go through that, to leave all your friends that you've been building relationships with. Um, yeah, that is difficult. Some people say to me, you know, you have to stay and train people for a long time. And other people say, no, just hand it off to them right away. What have you seen in in being there for a while and then having to leave? Have you seen any pros or cons to that? I mean, I know for you, it was forced. You didn't really have a, a choice in the matter. But can you speak to that a little bit? It's a big question. Uh, there is no silver bullet, I'd say answer to that, um, meaning no one right answer. We have seen probably the best thing that's worked for us is when we get new believers, we connect them with uh, other older, mature believers who are from Sudan or South Sudan. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, we are guests and we understand that we leave, um, you know, we're foreigners, mm-hmm. but when we can make those connections and they can look to each other for fellowship and for encouragement, it, that's been our uh, kind of our mode. And so when we would have these new church plants, we would all the time be bringing church leaders from established churches mm-hmm. uh, who were further away from different tribes. We would bring them along so that there would be a relationship there. And uh, even still, we're getting reports that they still meet together. In fact, it's uh, common for a choir from one tribe to sing Hmm. as they're traveling Hmm. to visit another church from another tribe. So you get this choir walking down the road singing as they go and visit another church. And then that church's choir will walk them home singing all the way. So it is a a beautiful picture uh, of the kingdom of God. And these are tribes that are warring with each other, but not in the church. The church is where we see the gospel at work, and there's peace between those people. That is so powerful. That is so powerful because, you know, the government and (laughs) the world has been trying to find solutions to that for so long. That's really cool. It just just comes up with singing. (laughs) Just sing. Just just sing the Lord, and it'll all all work out. So That is so cool. And and we're talking to you right now. You're, You're actually on... 
home assignment. But uh, I understand you are getting ready to return, are you not? We are. Yes. So we're returning to Africa. We are not returning to South Sudan. Okay. Um, our last experience was pretty intense. In, at the end of 2016, we had to endure two and a half days of basically crawling around our house, avoiding bullets mm. coming through the windows. So with our kids. And so, oh, so uh, we kind of reached a point where we felt like, okay, things are not getting any better in South Sudan. Um, and so that was, that's really why we came here for this extended period for kind of healing and reevaluation and see what the Lord has for us. So we're really excited about this new adventure ahead of us, which is only a month away. Next month we fly to Uganda. So Uganda borders South Sudan, um, in the North of Uganda. And in Northern Uganda, there are more than a million, okay, a million refugees from Sudan and mm. South Sudan that are living in camps that really don't have many missionaries in the camps. And so we are super excited to be in a more stable country, but mm -hmm. still be able to minister to the South Sudanese who we love so much. And we really, we really believe I mean, we've spent 10 years learning their culture and their language and falling in love with them. And so it was heartbreaking enough mm -hmm. to, you know, to realize that we wouldn't be returning to South Sudan, but to still be able to work among yeah. the South Sudanese people. Wow. Um, we're really excited about that. Is there anything else you'd like to say to us from your faith walk or your journey or what God has shown you before we wrap up? I think looking at... Uh everything from the bridge and then the evacuations and just some of the experiences we've gone through. Um, sometimes we can look at the hard things in our life and just say, come on, Lord, like make it just a little bit easier for me. But I think that what we have found is that God really uses those times so that he can show off mm -hmm. so that he can do something so incredible, so amazing that you and everybody around you is going to say, wow, look at what God did. And that's, um, that's hard for someone to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to allow God to bring hardship into my life so that then he can show off through that hardship. And yet, I think that's what he wants us to do. So I, my encouragement for your listeners is to embrace those hard things because God wants to do something amazing through it to show himself off, because he is amazing. That is such good encouragement. I mean, that's so practical for all of us. And in, in the States, as you know, our problems seem a little bit smaller, but it is hard too. I mean, we go through hard things. Everyone does. So instead of running away, that's right. Look for the Lord in yeah. them and, and allow him to work. That's so cool. Thank you so much. Amen. Yeah, to God be the glory. Amen. Say, Eli and Bethany, if people want to kind of follow your journey or keep up with you or learn more about... Uh, what you're doing. Is there a place where they can go? Uh, we'll include it into in, in today's show notes, but is there a place that they can go yeah, to uh, kind of follow you? AfricanFaders.blogspot.com. And I'm really the primary writer. I share about ministry. I share about life and our family. And we also send out an email update maybe every two to three months. So that's something you could sign up for as well. Great. Thank you. And we will put that address in our show notes. And I, Eli and Bethany, I just want to really thank you for taking the time to talk with us today 
and to teach us a little bit and and to be a real big encouragement to us as we face what seem to be you know big problems but I guess we're not being shot at or any of those <laughs> kinds of things but hearing God's faithfulness and his providence in your lives is a really an encouragement. I just want to really thank you hey, for um, being with us. Yeah, thanks for what you guys do as well. To God be the glory. To God yeah. be the glory, exactly. What a great note to go out on. Because <laughs> that's all the time we have for on this episode of the Brinkman Podcast. If you've got uh, questions or comments, uh, come over to the website, brinkmanadventures.com, and you can comment there. If you like what you hear or... want to share with your friends we encourage you to tell people about the podcast and more importantly the audio drama and even more importantly to that uh, tell them the gospel and uh, share the missionary stories and uh, that'll wrap it up for us for this episode i'm eric schilder and i'm sarah boltman thanks a lot bye-bye